0: First Corinthians 3 and 5 said, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For Listen to this. For we are labors together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Amen. Title this message tonight, United We Stand. Um, uh, It's a phrase that I've heard most of my life. United we stand, divided we fall. Although uh, that statement was attributed to Patrick Henry, i have just doing a little research on this. I, I thought it was Patrick Henry that said it, but uh, in, in my research on this, I found out he was not the originator of that statement. Um, how many have heard of Aesop's Fables or Aesop's Fables, however you pronounce it? Anybody? Well, <coughs> Aesop was a Greek storyteller, and most of the stories that this man wrote had a moral in mind. He would, and and we've we've stories, and then at the end of the story, we would say, "Now, well, the moral of the story is." Well, almost all of the stories that Aesop wrote—they were children's fables, or sometimes stories that were told among adults—but they were—they had a, a, a point to the to the story. Uh, they were relatable to real life situations. Two of these short stories caught my eye when when I started studying uh, researching this, and I found out that. Aesop was the one that came up with this thought. Uh, I started reading some of the, the stories that he wrote, and actually I got a little sidetracked for, <laughs> for a little while trying to prepare this message, reading some of those stories because they were interesting. But, but a- as I was reading, I came across, or I first of all went to the, to the one that I thought uh, would be the one that would where this phrase came up at. Let's just, I just want to read a couple of these to you because I think they're very relevant to what I want to talk to you about here this evening the first one says this a lion used to prowl about a field in which four oxen used to dwell many a time he tried to attack them but whenever he came near they turned their tails toward one another so that whichever way he approached them he was met by the horns of one of them at last however they began quarreling among themselves and each went off to pasture alone in the in a separate corner of the field the lion then attacked them one by one and soon made an end of all four, the moral. <laughs> this is where this came up from. United we stand, divided we fall. And then he wrote another one that was very similar that I that kind of caught my attention. The, uh, the, the phrase, united we stand, divided we fall was not in this particular parable, but the moral of the story is basically the same. Said so this short uh, fable tell, tells of a man whose sons often quarreled among themselves To show them the benefit of working together, he brought them a bundle of sticks. He asked them to break the bundle of sticks. As expected, the brothers could not break the sticks as long as they were bundled together. However, when they were separated from the bundle, they were easily broken one by one. And so the moral of the story that he left behind is this, and he wrote the moral to the story. He said, my sons, if you are of one mind and unite to assist each other, you will be as this bundle. Uninjured by all attempts of your enemies, but if you are divided among yourselves, you will be broken as easily as these individual sticks were. Amen. God has a plan uh, that can't change, and that plan is to evangelize the world. Amen. I'm going to just say this, and, and I'm I I, I don't want to I I don't want to I, I don't want to be rude when I say this, but God didn't save us just so so you could feel good. Amen. He saved us so that we could evangelize lost people. Amen. He doesn't want one soul to be lost. And so he instructed the church to be, all through the teaching uh, of the scriptures, he in- instructed the church, and especially in the New Testament, to be unified for the purpose of the kingdom of God so that his work could be accomplished. That's why Jesus said, uh, when, when the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, he, he, he was, he was, Kind of laid out a little pattern for prayer there, but in that prayer he said this: "Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth, as it is in heaven." Amen. We have a choice: we either do it God's way, or we fail. Amen. Amen. We either we, there's there's no other choice: we either do it God's way or we fail. Uh, when Jesus was here, he emphatically stated that he would have a church. He is going to have. A church. Uh, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, the church is under attack. The church is this, the church is that. I, uh, you know, I, I even ha- have heard people say, oh, the church is going down. The church isn't going anywhere. Now, people may, people may come and go from the church. But I'm telling you something. God's going to have a church. It's going to be a glorious church. The Bible says his church is going to be without spot or blemish or wrinkle or any such thing. Amen. Uh, and, and so it's going to be without fault. There is a negative influence alive in the world today, and it says very simply that it's impossible to have that kind of a church. It's, the, the, the world thinks it's impossible for a, a group of people to come together and unify uh, for a purpose such as this. Amen. In fact, they think you're crazy if you do get involved in a church. It's not popular to be involved in church anymore. Amen. Amen. I, I remember when I was a kid, I probably have said this before, but when I was a kid growing up on Sunday mornings, we'd get in our car to go to church and everybody on the street was getting in their car to go to church. Everybody was. Now, if you get in your car, walk out of your house in your Sunday clothes and go to get in your car to leave, everybody looks at at you like you're strange. Because most of the time you're the only one on the street going to church. Amen. It's not that popular anymore. Uh, Everybody wants to do Uh, their own thing and 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 this mentality that that it's not popular to to unify it's it's kind of invaded uh, the world that we live in in fact it's even tried to creep into the church Uh, and and you know so if if we're not careful listen carefully to what i'm going to say if we're not careful we become focused on doing our own thing even in the church I've got something I want to do. You got something. I'm going to tell you. The Lord has one purpose for the church, and that's not that's not for my benefit or anybody. It's for the benefit of the kingdom of God. God wants to save every person on your street. He wants to save every person that you work with on the job. He wants to save every person you go to school with. It, 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 it that's a matter of fact. That I'm not conjecturing when I say that. I'm not supposing when I say that. It is fact. It's not his will that one person perish. It's not his will that one person be lost. He wants every person in the city of Des Moines to be saved. He wants every person in the state of Iowa to be saved. He wants every person in the United States of America to be saved. He wants every person in the world that's alive today to be saved. That's the will of God. Amen. And so sometimes what happens is we... We start trying to do our own little thing. Well, I'm going to go over here and do this, and I'm going to do that. I'll tell you something. If we, if we do that, if we try to get off on our own and we disagree with this person or we disagree with the way that is happening or, or I don't agree with this or I don't agree with that, what happens is we're like one of the sticks that gets pulled from the bundle. The bundle is always going to be there, by the way. Right. Amen. The bundle is the church, and it's always going to be there. But when we decide we're not going to cooperate with the church and we're not going to do what what God called me to do or God, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. We're like a stick that gets pulled out of the bundle. I'll tell you, you can be broken so easily. Amen. God didn't have the mindset that he wanted everybody to just go off and do their own thing. He laid out a clear plan. Amen. God has something purposeful in mind for the church of the living God. Amen. He refers actually to the church as his body. Amen. Amen. Paul says uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 27, he said, Now you, speaking, he was talking to the church at Corinth, but he said, Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. Amen. You are members in the body of Christ. And when he says members there, it's not talking about this member and that member and this member. He's talking about all the things that make up the body that make the body function, amen. Uh, I, I'll get to that in a moment, but, but we have to understand that. We are not, God, we don't function by ourselves. We function as a unit, amen. Okay. <laughs> we have a calling uh, to, to do this. It's, uh, the, the church of, of, of God or the body of Christ is one cohesive unit, and nothing will ever change that. Nothing's going to stop that from happening, Amen. We have a calling that's higher than each one of us as individuals. When God called you, he didn't call you to just go off on your own and be on by yourself. God called you to be in the body of Christ, to function within the parameter of the body of Christ. Amen. None of us get to go off and do our own thing. When that happens, that's arrogance and that's pride and it'll destroy you. Amen. We are called into the body of Christ. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Yeah. With all lowliness and meekness, yeah. with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love. Yeah. Let me pause for just a moment. The moment that you think you've risen above the authority of the body, then you are in a, in a, in a dangerous place. He said when he calls you into the body, you do, he calls you with lowliness and meekness amen there's times when we may have a thought that that does not go it it may be contrary to what everybody else is thinking you you need to grab a hold of that thought and pull it into the body into the yes amen it's for the safety of your soul he says in verse 3 endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace there is one body and one spirit even as you are called in one hope of your calling One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Brother Eddie, the the name they put over that church door, that's it. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. And unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it that... Uh, but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above the heavens that he might fill all things. Listen to this. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Notice he didn't say he gave it so that we could splinter the body of Christ, but so that the body of Christ could become more cohesive and more tightly compacted together to do the will of God, to function in the will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, uh, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Yeah. Too often we forget what we uh, to what we belong. We 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 uh, you know when we get the Holy Ghost, sometimes I'm telling you here's how the devil works. The devil will inflate the image of who you are amen hey, the devil he'll hold he, he's got a funny mirror you ever you ever gone to a, a fair or someplace and, they, and there's those mirrors that you stand in front of it and it makes you look different than you were yeah. I, I've I, you know I've stood in front of the ones that make me skinny and, and I know better I just know better yeah. but it's nice to look at the mirror that way sometimes I'm telling you, you better be careful because the devil, he's got a funny mirror and he'll hold it up in front of you and make you think you're something you're not. God didn't call us to be individuals in the kingdom. He called us into the body of Christ to function together, to work together. We are labors together. We are not labors individually. We are labors together. As we stood here in this room tonight worshiping together, and I listened to the testimonies go forth, I thought, I am very thankful to be a part of a body, a cohesive body of believers. Amen. You are my family. Amen, Sister Athena, when you're talking about this body of believers, we are a part of it together. It doesn't matter what color you are or what language you speak. It doesn't matter how old you are or how tall you are or how thin you are. It doesn't matter. We are one body functioning together for the purpose of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And we cannot forget what God called us into. This is the church of the living God. Let me tell you this, when one of you hurt, we all hurt. When one of you are in trouble, we're all in trouble. Amen. Uh, my wife and I, over the last, the course of the last two to three weeks, have spent a lot of hours with the, the Brother Daniel Yonke and his family, and uh, what a wonderful, wonderful man of God. And... Uh, Uh, just it was just all of a sudden that he was in the hospital and they ran some tests and they told they told uh, he he just wasn't feeling well and they they ran some tests and they told him they said you have cancer literally uh, i've never heard of this but they said it's it's in your feet and it goes all the way to your head every part of your body is infected by this cancer and Within two weeks, I mean, he. We were with him on Sunday night. We stayed there from about four o'clock in the afternoon till about one o'clock in the morning, and he passed away uh, sometime in the evening there. Uh, and it came in in very quickly and very fast. Okay. Guess what? It didn't just affect one part of the body. Right. It infected the entire part of the the entire the whole of the body. Yeah. When one of you is in trouble, when one of you is hurting, when one of you is suffering, when one of you is fighting a battle in your life, we all feel it. Believe me, it aff- you think, well, what, I, what, what I'm doing doesn't affect anybody but me. No, it affects everybody. It affects the body. It, 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 you, you don't know. You can't even understand the long-term effect of what happens when, when you are affected by things in your own life that you think it doesn't bother anybody else. It affects the body. We are a body, the Bible says. Amen. Yeah. Can I get an amen? Yeah. We are a body. I, I need you. Yeah. I, I need you. We need yeah. to function together. Yeah. Amen. The devil tries to tell you, you don't belong. You're a no, you, you don't, you've got this problem and that problem. And that. Let me tell you something. You belong as much as anybody belongs. Hallelujah. This is God's church. It belongs to him. And let me tell you this, the church will not fail. But I have learned this in the natural. Uh If something's going wrong in the body, sometimes they call you into the hospital and they say, we need to do a little work on you. This is wrong or that's wrong and we need to take something out that's not supposed to be there or this part of the body is malfunctioning and we need I've learned something in my lifetime the church there will always be a church there will always be a body of Christ amen it's always going to be there but I have also learned this it can function with me or without me I've always been puzzled now God made us our, we are very articulate in our, in our body. Everything works in, in a certain way. But it's always puzzled me why, you know, in, in the, now some of you in here are a lot smarter than I am, and you could probably tell me, and please do. But in, in, in this body, you know, there, there could be maybe the appendix start acting up, and, and, and the doctor says, well, your, your appendix are inflamed, and we've got to get them out of there. So they take them out. I've, I've wondered, why did God put them in there in the first place if I can function without them? But, but I've done a little, I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough to do, do a little study, and so I did a little study on this, and the body is never quite the same again. Or the gallbladder could be removed, or, or a kidney could be, my, I've got a, a niece that her kidney stopped functioning, and so her brother actually donated a kidney to her. He was a perfect match and donated a kidney. I always thought you had to have both of them, but they're both functioning with one kidney. But, the, but the, what I, I started reading about this, and it, I was very intrigued by it because the, the, it, the, the study that I did said that the body never, ever again functions quite the way it did before that part was taken out. Yeah. Yeah. We need you. The Church needs you. There is a reason why God saved you. There is a reason why God called you out of sin into the marvelous light of the gospel. Amen, when we desecrate the temple, the Bible Paul said in First Corinthians chapter three, verse number sixteen and seventeen he said, "What know you not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you he, and he went on into the seventeenth verse, he said, "If any man defile the temple of God." Him will God destroy for the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are. It's important what I do with this vessel. I'm a part of the living God. I'm a part of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. It matters what I do. It matters a great deal what I do. Oh, I'm not, it doesn't affect anybody. It affects everybody. Think about the people when you go out into sin and you partake of things that you shouldn't be partaking of. Think about the people that you the lives you could be touching and yet you're not. In, in, in a shape to touch them because you're living in a place uh, that you can't reach out and do what God wants you to do. Don't let the devil do that to you. Don't let the devil destroy your testimony. Hallelujah. 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 If we've been baptized, if we've repented, if we've been baptized in the wonderful, glorious name of Jesus and have received the infilling of the Holy Ghost, we have become a part of the body. Yeah. Amen. But there are some very definite things that must take place in us as we integrate into the church of the living God. Paul spoke of this in his letter to the church in Rome. He said, I beseech you in Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, yeah. that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Yeah. Holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service that's the very least that you can do I can tell you here, here I could I could add in between the lines here because all you, all you have to do is know what the whole book says to, to understand where Paul's going with this but he said this is your reasonable service there's going to come a day if God called you into his marvelous light and you trash that there's going to come a day when God's going to call call you into account because he paid everything for you Amen. So this is your reasonable service. And he goes ahead from that, and he said, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, all and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one member's one of another. Listen, we might be a lot of individuals, but in the the body of Christ, we become one body. We are one unit. We function together. We are one church. Amen. We are not, I've heard of, I've heard of, and God help us when we get to this point. But I've heard of people saying, oh, there's a church split in that church or a church split in that church. There's something wrong because God's body is never going to be split. So there is no such thing as a church split. Do you understand what I'm saying there? There, there? there may be division, but there's not a church split because there's only one church and it's never going to be split. It's the body of Christ. Amen. 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 We, we are one. Therefore, everyone is important and everyone belongs. We can't look at somebody and say, well, they're struggling. Let's push them out of the church. Let's, let's get rid of them. Oh, no. We need to be long-suffering. We need to pray for one another. We need to hold each other up before the throne of God. Amen. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 12, he said, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Yeah. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have yeah. been made, all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Yeah. You know what Paul's saying here? He uses this terminology. Jews and Gentiles there was a lot of prejudice there because the the Jews hated the Gentiles they despised them and I'm not talking about in their religious state I'm just talking about as people but the Gentiles hated them amen the Greeks hated the 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 Jews the Jews hated the Greeks the Jews hated the Romans the Romans hated the Jews I mean it was it was prevalent and Paul said when we come into the body of Christ that can't happen I'm going to tell you something. If you were prejudiced before you came into the church, you better repent over it. When you get in the church, amen, you better ask God to forgive you because it cannot have a place in the, the church of the living God. He said, for the body is not one member but many. We're joined together and fitly framed together. If, so he goes ahead from this and he said, If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ears say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if, all, if they were all one member, where were the body? If, if it was all made of fingers or toes, there's not a body. It's a freak. Amen. But now they they are many members yet but one body. And I can't say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow bestow more abundant honor and our 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 uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness listen Paul gets real plain here he said for our comely parts have no need but God hath tempered the body together having given more abundant honor to that uh, part which lacked you know what he's talking I'm just going to explain this and just right out in front he said you can look pretty all you want to out here But we know sometimes things can happen to disfigure this pretty face. And as we get older, we're not quite as pretty as we used to be. (laughs) I mean, our faces start to sag and the wrinkles get there and hair disappears and a lot of things happen. I was looking at some pictures the other day and I thought, what happened to that young guy? I mean, he had a lot of hair. Uh, I'm just, well, I just better go on. But what he's talking about is the parts that we look at, we, and he calls those the comely parts. The parts, you know, we, we, we're attracted to each other by looks, aren't we? Right. I mean, how, right. yeah, I'm, I better keep going. Um, we, right. we, we, when we look for somebody, uh, 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 I mean, before you ever fall in love with them, you're looking for a pretty face or a handsome face. Am I right? Yeah. How many of you went looking for the ugliest person in town when you're looking no. for a, no, I, I'm right. See, he's talking about the comely parts. It, you're attracted to each other because of your looks. But he said, you can do without looks. But there's a lot of parts in the body that we try to act like they're not important. And, and he's talking in the natural. We try to act like they're not important, and they are very important. You can't function. I'm telling you, you don't look- How many of you see your heart every morning when you get up? I, but you got to have it. And, and, and if, I, if we had one and we could lay it here and it was going boom, boom, boom. Many of you would turn your head. I don't want to see that, but it's it's what we call an uncomely part. But it's probably the most necessary part of the body. What about the lungs? Have you ever seen a set of lungs? They're not very pretty to look at, but you need them. The kidneys, the 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 spleen, all of those things that Paul talks about the uncomely parts of the body. I'm telling you, I'm gonna. He's going someplace with this. But here's the thing you've got to remember: every part in the body. There's things in my body I don't even know that what they do, but the, I, I'm thankful that they're there. Yeah. 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 I haven't scheduled surgery. You say, well, you know, I, I got to reading about the spleen, and I don't know what it does, so just take it out. Uh, and this part over here, have no idea what it is. Get rid of it. Lord. I might lose five pounds by getting rid of all those parts that I don't want. He said, for our comely parts have no need. The things that we look at and, and think that's beautiful. He said, we don't really need that because it's going to, basically, it's going to deteriorate anyway. Lord. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part, part which lacked what we don't see. That there should be no schism. And that word schism there means split, gap, division, rent, rend, or tear. There should be no tearing in the body, no no division in the body. And now he's talking spiritual here. Amen. But that members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and members in particular. God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? He said we're all in the body and, and we do different things, but, but he said do, do we all do the same thing? Absolutely not, and not every part in this, in this natural body does the same thing. But how can you say that one part of your natural body is more important than the other part? Amen. And then he says something here. Now, I want you to remember this. Th- there is no dip- chapters and verses in the Bible, okay? It, when, when, these, when the Bible was written, it was written in, in letters or epistles or uh, books But it wasn't written in chapters and verses. And so we divide the Bible that way. But when Paul wrote this letter, he didn't stop at verse 31. He He says in verse 31, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. If we are one body, we're to function together, then that leads us to the next point that Paul's making. Do we love the way that God instructed us to love? Well, nobody's running the aisles on that one. So Paul just continues on with his letter. I, there, you have to remember it's just n- another paragraph, another sentence. It's not, it's not another time. It's not another place. It's the same letter that he's writing. He said there is a more excellent way. He said uh, though uh, in verse thir- or 1 of chapter 13, he said, Though I speak with the tongue, uh, tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. Now listen to me. The word charity there, I'm going to give you the definition of it, and then I'm going to use this definition in place of the word charity. But the definition of that word means love, great affection, or benevolence. Though I have and, and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, Great affection or benevolence, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, great affection or benevolence, it profiteth me nothing. Love, great affection or benevolence, suffereth long and is kind. Love, great affection or benevolence, envieth not. Love, great affection, or benevolence vaunteth, or that means it doesn't brag or boast about itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly. It seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love, great affection, or benevolence never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Isn't that amazing? Paul just talked about this uh, uh, just a, a few what we call verses up. Are now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. As the church, Jesus' greatest message to the church was not repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Some of you are looking at me like you're you're becoming a heretic now. No. That message came after Jesus left here. Amen. He said he told them just before he went away, he said that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in my name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And that was the message after he left here. But the message that Jesus preached from the beginning of his ministry until he left here was that they love one another. Amen. He, he preached it over and over and over and over and over again. You know why you keep telling somebody something? Because you don't want them to forget. You want to emphasize. And and you know if uh, if I want my child to remember something, I I will tell them and then I'll tell them again and then I'll tell them again and I'll tell them again. And after you know, kids, I know, I know, I know. And and they go out and don't do what you ask them to do. So we just keep telling and telling. And that's why Jesus preached about love. He wanted us to love one another. Because he knew if we didn't love one another, the church would go kapui. There wouldn't be a church. Because every one of us have different personalities, we have different temperaments, we think differently, we act differently. We're from different backgrounds, socially and economically. We, I mean, we're all different. Every one of us are different. Yeah. Somebody said, you know, look, they look, saw an old couple and they said, you know, the longer they live together, the more they're alike. No, the m- more they just have learned how to get along with each other. <laughs> My wife and I decided a long time ago it's easier to love one another than fight. So we just get along. Sometimes I'm right, sometimes she's right, but neither one of us tell each other that. It, 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 it makes for a happier home. I'm going to tell you something, I don't ever want her to become like me. So that, that, that old thing, the longer they live together, the more they're like, that's nonsense. We just learn how to get along. In the church of the living God, we need to learn how to get along. There's no two of us. Not, I don't care if you grew up in the same family. There's no two of us in this room that are exactly alike. Right. And so God said the, the only thing that's going to remedy that is if you start to love each other. Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. I heard one guy say, you know, he said, I, when I first met my wife, I loved her so much I could eat her. And he said, now I wish I had. You know why? Because we have different temperaments. We have we 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 can be explosive at times. We can we can have bad attitudes and but the Bible said if you just love each other. Just love each other. Just love each other. Just he just kept saying it. Love each other. Love each other. He said by this shall all men know that you're my disciples because you love each other and you treat each other with respect. You you defer one to another. Don't say, let me get at the head of the line. No, you get to the head of the line. Don't say, give me the biggest piece of cake. No, you have the biggest. Love each other. This is what God says is going to propagate the church. I'll tell you why churches fall apart. It's because they stop loving each other. That's why marriages fall apart. Because they stop loving each other. Amen. We have to love each other. Until the body loves every part and every part loves the body, something is incomplete. In fact, we can't completely love God until we first learn how to love one another. And I'm just about done. You know, honestly, we could stay till midnight because some of you are going to stay up that late anyway. John said in 13, John 13 and 33, little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me and as I Said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you. This is Jesus' words. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. Yeah. This, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have loved one to another. Yeah. Look at what John said is required by God in First John chapter four and verse number seven he said beloved let us love one another for love is of god and everyone that loveth is born of god and knoweth god he that loveth not god or he that loveth not knoweth not god you hear what he said if you don't love you don't even know god oh yeah i know god no you don't not if you don't love you're fighting you're you're, now you 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 you, you just lost all sense because you're arguing with the scripture now. He said, if you don't love, you don't know God. Right. Amen. For God is love. In this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or atonement for our sins. Yeah. Beloved, if God so loved us, we, also, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, now there's a point to what he says. No man, you haven't seen God, yet we say all the time we love him. No man has seen God any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us or given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. We have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. If we, are we love him because he first loved us. You don't love God, you didn't love God first. Right. Amen. He loved you first. Yeah. Now listen to this. Verse 20 says this. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, uh-huh. he is a liar. Yeah. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen. Uh-huh. Remember this, what he said, we haven't seen God. Remember what he said. Just a few verses up. But he said, for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how he ca- can he love God whom he hath not seen? Right. It's impossible. Right. This commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth love his brother also. This is amazing to me that the whole message of Jesus' teaching was to, about, about love. You can't get the Holy Ghost without love. You can't be forgiven of your sins without love. You can be baptized in water, but it's not effective without love. Everything that we do, our entire message comes back to that one word, love. Amen. The Bible talks about the love of God constraining us, grabbing a hold of us, and hanging on to us. You'd be in hell right now if it wasn't for the love of God. So the whole message of the New Testament is is about love. Everything else comes out from that. Every other experience... We have comes from the love of God. Hallelujah. God wants his church to be healthy and perfect order. To be so, we have to function in, in unity and love. The body has to be pure and undefiled to function properly. Stand with me. In the natural, if there are impurities in the body, one of two things will happen. Number one, the body will deteriorate unto the point of death. Or, number two, with proper help, with proper care, the body will begin to detoxify and cleanse itself, and that brings new vigor and new strength and new growth and new life into the body. Let me tell you something. The devil hates unity in the church. He hates wholeness in the church. He will do whatever he can to blind you to sins that will ultimately kill you spiritually. Amen. You think nobody knows Oh, yes, the one that really matters knows. Yes. He watches every single time you do it. Amen. He knows very well. Amen. Your sin does not only affect you. It will harm those that are around you. It's like a virus. Amen. And I believe, I, I am a firm believer. Uh, we, in, our, in our church, we have a, a list because there are some prodigals that have walked away from home and they're not at home right now if that doesn't explain to you how we feel about a member of the body that's not functioning in the body then i don't think anything else can because it's vitally important that every member of the body be back in its place in its proper place god has promised this church revival and i really believe that god's going to give us a great revival as as the man that God has called to lead this church to that revival that I believe is coming, I'll do anything I can to ensure the health of this church. There's been about four times just within the last month to, to two months that God has really, I mean, put me on my face and talked to me about love in the church. And I believe with all of my heart that when we get to the place where we love each other, I, I'm going to say this. Now, most of you, so I'm not good at names. <laughs> it's, it's strange. Most of you I've known for a long time. I can stand there on Wednesday night when prayer requests are going out, and I can look at you, and I may have known you for 15 years, and I'll look at you and go, uh, 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 you? But you know something? You ought to know everybody's name in the church. Oh. You ought to get acquainted with everybody in the church. i'm gonna say it again you ought to know everybody in the church yeah. amen the devil hates wholeness when we start to function together we 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 are cooperating one with another we love one another we care enough about that person that we go to them and and talk to them and make them feel like they're a part of us and, yeah. and, and and we function together amen Although I am the pastor of this church, I want to tell you this. I am not the whole church. I'm one member in the church. Yeah. God has placed every one of you in the body for the purpose of wholeness. You belong here. You're important. You say, well, I'm not important. Nobody even, I, nobody even sees me. Nobody even notices me. Let me tell you something. You are as important as any other function in the body. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We can't say to you because you're a hand, we don't need you or you're a foot, or you're, you're, you're this part or that part. We don't need you. Oh, we need you. We need you very much. Yeah. Amen. Every person in the church and the body has a, a role and a function, and every person is vital to the wellness of the body, yeah. to the wholeness of the body. You think about the scores of lives through the years that, that it was Westside Church, or it was before that it was another name. What was it before West Side? Anybody remember? I'm going way back. And then it was West Side Church and then now Life Church. We can change the name of the church, but it's the same body. Oh, right. and, and you think about the scores of people that have walked through the doors of the church. Amen. God wants them to be a part of the whole body. Yeah. Amen. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. Did you do anything while they were in the, in the walls of the building to help them spiritually? Did you do anything, did you, I'm asking you personally, did you do anything to help them feel like that they belonged in the body? Did you do anything to make them feel like they could be healthy in the body? Did you do anything to help them feel like they belong there in that place? Could it be that maybe if myself or somebody else would have said something to them or loved them just a little bit more, maybe they would still be in the body? Just a thought. I'm not being mean. I'm just telling you, God wants this body to be whole. We have got to love like we've never loved. We've got to unify like we've never unified. If we divide, we will never stand. But if we unite, we'll stand forever until Jesus comes. Amen. I know we don't have a lot of room in here tonight. But I want us to pray. We're going to, in just a a moment, we're going to take communion here. And I want us to pray before we do so there's not a we don't have a big altar area but we're going to pray together and we're going to ask God I you know I mean you do what you want to do but I'm going to ask God for us to unify us like we've never been unified before amen if there's if there's anything in the body that that is divisive God I want it out I if if for some reason I am divisive in the body God you you correct me and and make me turn around and face the reality of who I am because I want to be right. I don't want to I don't ever want to hinder the growth and, and the maturity and the and the health of the body of Christ. Yeah. I want to love like Jesus told me to love. Not just in word or but I want to love indeed. I want to love in my actions. Yeah. Amen? Amen. I want to love people the way Jesus loved people. I want to reach out to people when they're hurting, not just when everything's going right, and I don't want to just reach out to the people that are in my little circle either. I want to reach out to the people that, that maybe other people have walked by. I want to reach out to everybody. I want to love them. I'm, I'm saying this as, as for all of us. That's how we ought to be. That's how we ought to feel. United, we stand. Divided, we're going to fall. Amen. If you If you're not careful, the devil will have his way. He doesn't care if you come to church. He just doesn't want you to get involved. He doesn't want you to reach out and make uh, fellowship or acquaintance with those around you. Just stay in your comfortable little bubble and let the world go on by. He'll cause you to lose your love for the people of the world first, and then you'll stop caring about the people in the church, and then finally you'll lose your love for the things of God. And little by little you'll die until one day you'll find yourself in a place you never ever intended to go to. Amen. It comes from that spirit that attacks the church and the body of Christ. It's a it's a horrible, it's an insidious spirit. It hates unity, it hates truth, it hates love, it hates authority. It hates it loves division. It loves divisive things. It it attaches itself to the unsuspecting and it looks for weak people and it's it's against everything that's right. It despises holiness and and separation from the things of the world. It knows if it can draw you away from the sanctity of the church, it can complete its insidious work of destruction in your life until there's nothing left. The desire of this ugly spirit is to completely destroy the validity of any promise that God has given to you until you're just a shell. When God says yes, it says no. When God says no, it says yes. It's a spirit of greed. It claims things that it never, that never belonged to it. It's like a chameleon. It, it, it has a, that quality. It blends into its surroundings so well. Even the ones it's infecting scarcely notice that it's there. But I believe that God has spoken to this church, and he said to the enemy, enough is enough. No more. Amen. This is the church of the living God. And I'm just going to stand here as your pastor and tell you. I may be getting old, but I'm going to tell you, as long as I'm standing here, I'll fight the devil every day I live. Oh, hallelujah. I may not be the biggest man in this room, but I can tell you I've learned how to pray. I've learned how to go to war on my knees. Hallelujah. I've learned how to fight the devil, amen, and run him for the corner. Amen. And as long as I'm standing in the in this role I will stand against every demon in hell. Amen. amen that wants to destroy you. Hallelujah. I believe we've heard from God repeatedly and I believe God's going to do a mighty work here. Through the years that I've been pastor here and then I heard the testimonies of when before I came here how that different ones would come through with a prophetic word and say what God was going to give a revival. You say, well, it's never happened, so I don't believe it's going to happen. Let me tell you something. God has a perfect timing. And when the time is full, then God will bring to pass what he has intended all along. And it doesn't take very long. Amen. But when it happens, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. But I'll tell you how it's going to come. It will come through unity. It will come when we love one another like we've never loved one another. Yeah. You want me to tell you what they did in the Bible? In the book of Acts, the Bible said they they, they went daily from house to house in breaking of in, in, uh, bread and fellowship. Right. Yeah. We think the only time we ought to get together is when we come to church on Wednesday night and Sunday. The biggest work, I believe, is done outside the walls of the church when we just get together and have dinner together. Right. And we find somebody that we've never been with before, and we say, why don't you and I go out to dinner tonight? Right. Why don't our families get together tonight? Yeah. I want to get to know you. I, I, you're my brother, you're my sister. I, I want to know you. That's how the church prospered. and that's how they they went from one hundred and twenty to three thousand to five thousand to multitudes. They did it because they loved one another the way Jesus said they should. And so I believe the church this church is going to have a revival. I, I see. I, you know, I, I feel like as I stand here tonight, I can't tell you everything I know because there are some things God will reveal in his own time. But I believe I'm like Elijah's servant that's, that told Elijah, so there, there's, a, there's a cloud out there on the horizon the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, you better get your running shoes on because I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I, I, I see revival coming on, church. Hallelujah. I see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I see, a, I, see, I, I see the church more unified than it's ever been unified before. I see little factions and little problems here and there disappearing because we love each other like Jesus said to love each other. And we don't, we don't take our, our, our little personal things out on each other anymore. Hallelujah. Amen. We have to develop a love for the lost like we've never felt in our lives. If you can walk away when a, love, uh, when a lost person's soul is on the line, then you need to get on your face and pray like you've never prayed before. If, you're, if your life is more important than lost people, I'm going to ask you something, church. When was the last time you prayed through your selfishness? You need to love people more than you love anything else in your world. You need to love lost people more than you love anything else in the whole world. So we're going to pray. And I, and, and I want in 2020, we could make some grand uh, theme. We could say we're going to have 2020 vision in, in 2020 or something. But I'm going to tell you what I want to see, and it doesn't rhyme. I want to see the love of God like Jesus said. I want to I see John 13, 35 in place every single time we come into the house of God. I want to see it happen when you get on the phone on Monday and call somebody that was out of church and say, you know what, I missed you. I I really missed you, and I I just wanted you to know that. I'm not being nosy. I just wanted you to know I love you and I missed you. I want to see it happen on Tuesday when you call somebody and say, why don't we have lunch together? We've never done that, you and I, but I'd just like to have lunch with you. Why don't you and I get together with our spouses and have dinner together tonight? What would that, I mean, what would that do to the church? Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. I think God has brought us together at this time from a lot of various places and backgrounds for a very specific purpose. And that is simply this, that Des Moines can see Jesus and be saved. Let's unify like we never have before. Let's love like we never have before. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to preach it. I don't care if you get sick and tired of hearing me preach it. I'm going to preach this until we do it. Some of you act like you're uncomfortable with that. God help you if you're uncomfortable with falling in love with the church of the living God.